0: good morning everyone welcome to the friday june 12th edition of the mma ob daily podcast i'm your host as always adam merton and i'll be taking you guys through the latest in the world of mixed martial arts riding solo today but you can go back and check out tuesday's podcast if you want to hear myself and cole shelton break down ufc fight night i versus calvio which takes place tomorrow um possibly we could get some updates as far as fighters potentially you know being scratched the last minute during this podcast but uh the weigh-ins are a little bit later so I don't know if we'll uh, get any of that kind of news. Although there were a few minute, like a uh, few last minute shuffles yesterday, I'll talk about that later. But uh, I got a lot to talk about today. There was a lot of announcements for new upcoming mega fights this week. Uh, during Tuesday's show, like we covered quite a bit, and then literally like an after after hour after the show, like a bunch of big fights broke, including UFC 251, which will take place on Fight Island. The official announcement happened. I'm going to start with that, and we'll get through the uh, the rest of the fights as well. But I start with UFC 251 because. This was uh, the big announcement this week. So it'll take place July 11th at Yaz Island in Abu Dhabi. Last week on this podcast, I believe it was last Friday, I told you guys that I had heard it was going to take place in Abu Dhabi. Sure enough, it will take place there. So my sources were actually right, which is pretty cool. Um, man, I'm excited for this. You know, some people have kind of um, been just dis- let down a little bit, disappointed by the announcement. They thought it was like on some like, little island in the middle of nowhere. But you know what? I know Dana hyped it up a little bit, maybe too much, but how could you not be excited? Like, we get to watch live fights, and there's some really great fights coming up. I don't know how you can't be excited about this. I'm personally really just uh, pumped. I can't wait. I mean, the whole month of July is going to be awesome. There's four events there. Basically, they're doing Vegas this month. Next month will be uh, Yaz Island, and then I think August will be Vegas again, but it's it's pretty great. I, I'm pretty excited. Uh, I'm gonna start with UFC 251, and then I'll talk about some of the other cards as well that have been kind of announced. But UFC 251 is the big one, and honestly, this card is so stacked. Like when I saw the poster, I was like, "Holy crap! I can't wait till July 11th Like this card is is, is ridiculous. Um, Main event of, of the evening: Kamaru Usman against Gilbert Burns. Okay, so there's obviously a lot to unpack with this one. It sucks that Rory Maswell is not fighting for the belt. Okay, I wanted to see that fight. All of us did. He was not able to come to an agreement with the UFC. That's the end of the story they couldn't come to a deal with them i hope that the ufc can figure out a deal with maswell in the near future i want to see him back in the cage it's pretty crazy that this guy after being the fighter of the year in 2019 and everyone assuming he was gonna get the title shot got balanced in front of, in favor of gillard burns who kind of came out of nowhere so it's pretty crazy it's a crazy sport a lot of unexpected things happen if you ask someone a year ago after Maswell knocked out Ben Askren. Who would get the title shot first at 170, Gilbert Burns or Maswell? There is no one on the face of the earth that would have said Gilbert Burns would have got the title shot first. So it's pretty nuts uh, that he's getting the title shot. But honestly, it's well-deserved. I mean, look at what these guys did at 170. It's been incredible. Obviously, beating Woodley, uh, dominant unanimous decision in his last fight, knocking out Damian Maia, first guy in 11 years since Nate Marcourt. only the second guy in Damian Maia's career to knock him out. Also, obviously, uh, Gunnar Nelson, Alexey Kanchenko. He's on a six-fight win streak overall four fights in a row at welterweight and if you look back uh to his previous fight at welterweight i think it was like 2015 it's actually five straight fights uh with wins at welterweight for Gilbert burns so the guy is an absolute stud he's ranked number one right now if you go by the rankings you should get the title shot again we know that the rankings don't matter that much in the sports about big fights they weren't able to come to an agree with maswell it sucks i wanted to see maswell fight for the belt that's the fight they shouldn't made but this is the best replacement fight you can ask for, honestly. Like Gilbert Burns is an absolute stud. The guy wants to fight. He loves fighting. He's in there. This is his third time in the last like five months. That's crazy. So this guy is an absolute beast. I can't wait for this fight. The odds have actually come out for this fight. Uspin versus Burns. They opened at Uspin minus 175, Burns plus 150. Right now we have uh let's see here. UFC 251. Where is it? Okay, it's right here. One minus 190 for uh Uspin plus 165 for Burns. So not really too much room, but a little bit towards Usman, which makes sense, I think, considering his win streak, 11 straight fights in a row he's won in the UFC, unbeaten in the UFC. He's lost once in his career, I think it was like 2013 to a guy in, in Florida, but uh, you know, since then he's unbeatable. So, uh, you know, Gilbert Burns has looked amazing, but he's lost quite a few times now in the UFC, so I can definitely understand why Usman's favorite. Having said that, how could you camp Burns though? I mean, the guy's winning as a dog almost every fight now. So this is an amazing fight, honestly. Again... I wanted to see Masvidal versus Usman. We didn't get that fight. To me, this is the next best fight. Leon Edwards would have been a great fight, too. Apparently, they did, UFC did ask him, but due to travel restrictions, he couldn't get out of the UK to get to Yaz Island. So, unfortunately, Leon Edwards, he's kind of had a rough year. I mean, the fight with Woodley got pulled out. Burns took his spot, got the big fight with Woodley, won that fight, and then gets a the title shot now. So, Leon Edwards has had some bad luck. Gilbert Burns has had some good luck. And Gilbert Burns is really taking advantage of the opportunities you gotta love that man You know guy gets an opportunity really runs with it. I absolutely love seeing that so I couldn't be happy for uh, for Gilbert You know, he's a great guy great interview uh, And a tremendous fighter, so he's really deserving of this title shot in my opinion, and this is a tremendous main event I think this card will do pretty well I know Houston's not like a draw but the fact that there is three title fights in this card including a lot of big names on the undercard I think this card's going to do pretty well, especially with the Yaz Island thing. I think people are going to want to tune in and see what it's all about. So I expect this pay-per-view to actually do pretty well uh, when it comes out in July. I got Kevin, I see you had some questions here, Kevin. I'll I'll get to them in a bit. I want to talk about UFC 251 first, and I'll get to UFC Fight Nights in a little bit. But I want to start with UFC 251. Okay, so obviously I talked about Usman Burns. Next fight would be Volkanovski versus Holloway 2. Now, okay, I can see the disappointment for this fight. Like, I was at the last fight with Volkanovski and Holloway. Okunaski won every round basically. It wasn't that much of a competitive fight. But the thing is Max had won 14 straight fights at 145 before that. Max is a great he was a great champion. He is a great fighter and a great ambassador of the sport. I think this is the UFC doing Max a favor. He took that fight against Dustin Poirier last year. He really shouldn't have taken that fight. It was an amazing fight, but it wasn't a good matchup for him. He never really should have moved up to lightweight in my opinion. And it hurt him. So, you know, he was a busy guy last year with three fights. He did the UFC some solids. And I think they're doing him a solid here, giving him a title shot. Having said that, I mean, Volkanovski obviously should be uh, pretty highly favored in this fight, if you ask me. And right now, we do see Volkanovski as a minus 190 favorite and plus 165 dog for Hallway. So actually the same odds as Ethan Burns, which is kind of uh, crazy. I got to favor Volkanovski this time around, but you can't count Max out. I mean, Max is a great fighter. He makes adjustments. He's great, uh, so definitely an interesting fight, but yeah, I mean, right now, you've got to think of Volk. After seeing what happened just a few months ago, right, he pretty much dominated the fight. Kenshiro Ryo Dojo, what's going on, man? Burns might be the only man who's a chance to beat Usman in 2020 due to many unknown factors and his momentum heading into this fight. Burns should have more explosive stand-up power than Usman. Yeah, he definitely has a chance to win the fight. This is not a blowout fight by any means. It's a very, very competitive matchup. I think the line... It's pretty much where it needs to be. I think you have to give Usman that respect. 11 straight wins. I mean, that's not easy to do. So in my opinion, the line is set pretty fairly. But I'm with you, man. Burns has looked amazing. And he's fought very often. He's fought twice since Usman's last fought. So momentum's huge in the sport. I always look at momentum when I'm picking fights. And Usman has a lot of momentum. Or excuse me, Burns has a lot of momentum. But then again, Usman does too, right, with the 11 straight wins. So to me, it's just a great fight. I'm really looking forward to it. And you have another question here or comment. Max should take another year off. He has taken a lot of damage. I don't think he can beat Volkanovski. Yeah, he has. He's fought three times in the last year. it would be his fourth fight within, what, uh, just like 15, 60 months. That's a lot of fights. So he's fighting once every four months, basically, which is actually a lot for champ. Most champs fight, like, what, once every six to eight months. So you got to give up to Max, man. But at the same time, I don't really like the matchup for him. But we'll see what happens. Who knows, right? Like, honestly, with all the fights that have, like, been kind of ripped apart and guys pulling out the last second – don't be surprised if Max doesn't even end fighting this fight. Like, you could easily see a guy like it's a beat or a Korean Zombie or someone step in, possibly. Who knows, really? At this point, all these fights are TBD. They really are. Like, you hope they're going to happen, but we've seen a lot of fights get scratched at the last minute, so nothing surprises me these days. The other title fight in this card, I've already talked about this fight a few times on the podcast, obviously, but it'll be Peter Young taking on Josie Aldo for the vacant Bantamweight belt. And right now we have the odds for that fight. Peter Jan is a pretty big favorite, minus 225, Aldo plus 185. You know, this fight I've talked about already many times on this podcast. Don't love the matchup because I don't think Aldo should get the title shot. Now I'm one of those people that thought he did beat Marlon Marais. I thought he won that fight, but on paper, he's lost two straight fights. Yes, it was to Volkanovsky and to Marais who are both like incredible fighters. So those aren't bad losses, but the fact he's getting the title shot over Sterling is kind of crazy in my opinion. So, you know, I've talked about this already at length on this podcast. I could sit here and complain about it. But at the end of the day, you know, Aldo is a legend in the sport. He's getting a lot of respect here from the UFC. Um, but, you know, if Peter Yan wins the fight, I think the, the right man won and the right man's going to be the champion. I, I think Peter Yan is the best weight in the world right now, personally. But uh, we got to see what happens here against Aldo. It's an interesting matchup. Aldo obviously has a lot of experience. He's got great striking, good takedown defense. But Yan is so much younger, so explosive, and so much momentum. So that's why I would favor Peter Yan. Peter Yan should be minus 450, Kinshiro. Yeah, that that seems high, but I mean, I think he's gonna win too. Um, I I don't see any way I would pick Jose Aldo in this fight. Uh, you know, I'm spoiler alert, but you know, when I'm when we come to doing the UFC 251 breakdowns, like I'm pretty sure I'm gonna pick Peter again. I, I just there's not too much to like about Aldo here in my opinion. He's a lot older. The only thing you could like, I guess, is the experience, but especially in a five-round fight, like how's that weight cut gonna affect him? He already struggled a bit to make that weight the last time against Marias. He did end up making it good for him, but I can't see this going well for him in a fight-run fight. Having said that, this is a big step up for Jan, too. I mean, Faber was a good opponent. We saw what happened when Jose Aldo fought Faber 10 years ago. You know, it wasn't even close. So, to me, Aldo's actually a big step up from Faber. But, uh, you know, I would have rather seen Sterling or or Marais. Because Marais was supposed to get title, uh, the fight against Jan first. You got to feel bad for Marais, man, because... He was He's actually ranked number one right now, and he's kind of getting screwed over by every everything that's going on in this division. But, uh, you know, if he keeps running his fights, he'll be okay. But, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens with this fight. But the rest of the card, that was the three-tail fights. And then the rest of the card, uh, you got two women's fights, which, you know, some people think is just, you know, they want to just put girls in the main card. But I actually think these are decent fights. Like, Andrade Rogers and 2 is a great fight, obviously a main card fight. The other fight, Rebus versus Fan Sant, I don't agree with this fight opening the main card personally. This shouldn't be a pay-per-view. It's a decent fight. Van Zandt is getting a huge spot here. I'm surprised because she's a free agent. So this is the last fight in her deal. Rebus is also a straw weight moving up to flyweight. So this is all for Paige Van Zandt, in my opinion. Like it's almost like the UFC is doing their solid saying, hey, you know what? We do care about you. We do want to promote you. You know, hopefully she wins and she gets a big contract and stays with him. But personally, you know, I don't like the matchup for her that much. And although I, I don't agree with the betting line, by the way. I mean, the betting line's out there right now and it's it's too high. Like minus minus six hundred for Amanda Rebus, guys. How? Plus four fifty in Van Zant, Rebus probably wins the fight. Minus six hundred, that seems kind of crazy to me. I don't agree with that at all. I remember we talked about this a few months ago, or not a few months ago, a few weeks ago. I think I said uh, Van Zant should be like minus two hundred or two fifty or something. Minus six hundred, that's that seems crazy. You, sorry, I meant to say Rebus. Rebus should be favored in this fight, obviously, but you know, to me, Van Zant plus four fifty. Like I will see, I see a lot of people throwing a few bucks on her because at those odds, that's kind of nuts. Kinshiro says. Rebus about to put the uh, proper beer in Paige Van Zandt. <laughs> you think she should be a bigger favorite? Yeah, I mean, possibly. If they're doing this to build Rebus. She's going to smoke Paige Van Zandt. Guys, you have to remember, this is actually not a strawway. This is a flyway. so who knows how the size is going to look. I know she's looked a lot bigger than her last few opponents. She's great, man. I like Rebus, but minus 600, really, guys? Like, I don't agree with that at all. Like, why is she my 600 favorite? Her best opponent is who? Mackenzie Dern? Like, someone with not that much experience? I don't really agree with it. Rebus probably wins the fight again. You know, she's a huge favorite, but I just think it's too high personally. I missed this comment by you can sure Aldro Sterling should be able to put the squeeze on Peter again because yeah, he's a big guy. is strong low weight. Met him before. Yeah, Aldro's great, man. He looked amazing. Paige raised just more bikini uh shoots. It's true. She uh definitely hasn't been uh looking too good. Kevin Scott who's Paige Van Zandt's biggest friend, Beck Rawlings. Yeah, dude, I'm not picking Paige Ranzant. Um, uh, I don't think. I mean, who knows? Like I'm gonna obviously think about the fight a little bit more but i don't see why Paige is a plus 450 dog like it just seems kind of crazy to me i agree with you though like her best win is probably felice harry by the way if you look at her record felice is actually felice has got her finance i'll talk about her later but i guess it'd be felice but for rebus uh durner marcos but you know she's looked great don't get me wrong i like rebus a lot man she's great but again it's a different weight class and I just don't see why she should be a massive favorite. Like, she's the biggest favorite in the card right now. I, I'm just not seeing it. Like, you know, a guy like Cyril Gone, that that guy should be a bigger favorite than he is, you know, in my opinion. Anyways, let move on to the next fight here. Uh, what's the next fight? Oh, yeah. Okay, so that's the main card. Now, the prelims, there's some good fights here. A fight I talked about the other day, Volkan Uzberg against Yuri Projatska. The odds are for that one right now. we got Volkan minus 150, Projatska plus 130. That makes sense, you know volkan has got the experience in the UFC, but man, Yuri is uh, definitely a dangerous, dangerous guy. Uh, so that's a really close fight to call. Almost a coin flip. I think you got to favor Volcan a little bit because of the experience, but look at Yuri's win streak, man. He's looked great in Ryzen. But again, there's a difference between fighting guys like Daniel Cormier in the UFC and losing to them and then beating guys like Kingbow and Ryzen. There's a huge difference. So I got to go with, uh, you know, right now you got to go. Th- slightly with Volkan, but again, I'm not making my picks right now. You know, this card's coming up in July. I got a month to make my picks. I'm just kind of giving my slight leans and early uh you know thoughts on these fights. The other fight would be the other big fight would be uh Pedro Munoz against Frankie Edgar. Pedro Munoz minus two thirty, Frankie Edgar plus one ninety. I know Cole Sheldon just did an interview with Frankie. I don't know what's coming out. Probably next couple days I would hope I would hope. And I know that Cole's got a special surprise for us. So He'll announce that himself. I don't want to spoil it for Cole, but uh, he's got a special surprise, I'm looking forward to that. I got Brandon Parker asking about Tyson versus Saruk. Yeah, I'll talk about that fight after. Uh, I'm just going to go through the news first, and then I will talk about those new fights that were announced for tomorrow's card. These fights got announced last minute. All right, so UFC 51. that's basically done. Moving on to the next card. Actually, I missed a call for Kevin here. Page, that's a bad fire. Remus is really good. I don't agree with that at all, man. I don't. I, I know you don't like Page, Kevin, And you're obviously welcome to your own opinion. I don't think she's that bad. I think people don't like her because, you know, she is – I I don't really know if she's really an MMA fighter anymore. I think that's why some people don't like her. She doesn't really fight that often. She breaks her arm all the time. She's always on Instagram with her husband. So I can see why people don't like her for that. But, like, as far as her fighting skills, I mean, she's shown some skills, man. She's shown some good skills in her career. Is she a great fighter? Not By any means, no. She is not a great fighter, but she's not that bad, you know? So, We don't need to hate on Paige here, guys. Like I know a lot of people, again, don't like her, but I personally don't think she's that bad of a fighter. I think she's an okay fighter. I agree, Remus is a much better fighter. But again, it's at a different weight class, so who really knows how it's going to happen. All right, uh, next fight card, UST 252. i got to talk about this really quickly, but uh, Stipe will be taking on DC in their trilogy fight. This has been officially announced August 15th in Vegas I'm guessing the Apex, but maybe they can, you know, get it cleared in time to fight at a T Mobile. But either way, obviously a great fight. Uh, we've talked about this fight many times as well. Can't wait for this to happen. Hopefully, both guys stay healthy. You know, cross your fingers and we'll see what happens. Um, and I got uh Ken here kind of bashing Page, but you know, we let's move on from Page, guys. I I think we've talked about her enough here. Uh yeah, so you see UFC 252, great uh great fight in the main event. We don't know anything else that's gonna happen on that card. Um Man, you got to wonder, like, if John Jones fights again, like, I know he's in a contract with you, What card is he going to fight on? Because right now all these cards are booked. You know, skipping ahead, UFC 253. This fight is not official, but this announces week it's going to be Hibbi versus Gaethje. That's on September 19th. So that card's full too. I guess you're looking at October for a guy like Jones or even Connor. Like Connor's going to have to wait well. Remember when Connor said, guys, he had his season lined up. He's going to fight three times this year and he was all cocky about it. He's fought once against Cerrone for, like, what, 40 seconds? He hasn't fought yet. He has no fight booked. Who knows if he can fight for the end of the year? Like, well, I love Connor, but I can see why he's frustrated, why he uh, made that retirement announcement. Like, there's no card, there's no fight coming up. The only fight you can do for Connor right now is Jorge Mazardal. That's the only fight you can do right now for Connor. Can the UFC figure that fight out? I don't know. I'd love to see it personally, but we'll see what happens. So I got through those cards. Okay, now I'm going to get to UFC fighting at Calvillo and because there were a few fights that were changed at the last minute. So let me just pull the card out, guys. Um, so basically, okay, so there's two fights that were changed since I talked about the uh breakdown the other day. You guys can go back to Tuesday and listen to those fights if you didn't hear them already. Like, get my picks out, it's already cool. Okay, so I got two fights talking about here. I'll I'll start with the one that you guys are talking about in the chat here. It would be Tyson Nam against Zaruk Adashev. So ZaRuk is taking the fight short notice for Ryan Benoit, who's pulled out. Now Brandon's asking who my pick is. And we got Kinshiro saying he likes the younger newcomer guy. And Brandon Parker says, I don't know. He's three and one, five and one cans, plus saying he's a pick'em guy has no experience. Yeah. Okay. So this is a this is a close fight. I think a pick'em line seems right personally. I, I don't think you could be too confident in either guy. Um, the odds open at NAM minus 245 and Zaruk at plus 175. I would have been all over Zaruk at that price. I didn't see it personally. Maybe Ken Shiro got it because clearly he likes him. I think people were right to take him at plus 175. I think right now it's a tough fight to pick. One of the toughest fights in the card because, first off, we've never seen this guy fight before in the UFC. He has fought before in Bellator, but he only has four fights. Um, he is a glory guy, though, for what I've heard. So, he has experience in uh kickboxing and, and, and other combat sports, but you know, as far as his MMA experience is very limited. He's been fighting as a pro since 2015, only fought four times. He is on a three-fight win streak, but you look at who he's fought. I mean, the level of competition is just terrible. Like last guy he beat is three and one, the guy before that's 0 and 2, 0 and 1, and then the one guy he lost to was one and one. So his level of competition has been garbage, you know. Tyson Nam has fought like a who's who of fighters, and he has 30 fights. Um and he's fought like everyone basically that's good at 125 135 for 10 years now i remember when this guy knocked out Eduardo dantes in 2012 and that was a huge upset at the time i mean that was a big win for him but you know this is a guy who's been around even longer than that i mean he, he used to fight in elite xc and icon Sport way back in like the robbie Dalt- robbie lawler and frank trigg days so he's been around forever um you know looking at some of his other wins and ali Bagatinov, that's a huge way knocked him out of course lost two straight fights in the ufc but again Take Care of France, great fighter. Sergio Pettis, really good fighter. So to me, this guy has had some tough fights. I picked Ryan Benoit against Tyson Nam but by a really close decision. I don't know about this one, guys. This is a tough, honestly. Um, not confident by any means. I'm going to slightly lean towards Tyson Nam just to win a decision, outpoint Zarouk, because he is a mixed martial artist. I think he'll be able to kind of mix it all up and get some maybe some takedowns and grapple this guy against the fence. Would I be surprised if Tyson Nam loses this fight? No. Uh, you don't bet on this fight, in my opinion, dog or pass. I think at plus 175, you got that at the opener. That was really good value on the dog. And I would have taken that too. But right now, plus 105, I don't see too much value personally. My picks would be Tyson Nam by decision in this fight, but uh, definitely an interesting fight. And it, I think it could be a dog or pass situation because uh, at, at Tyson Nam's age, it's hard to be too confident in him beating anyone at this division. Uh, at 125, it just it's not a division that favors... Uh, like older fighters you know this guy's a lot younger than him so he could definitely pull it off but interesting fight um the other fight that was announced is a main card fight it would be marab against gustavo lopez so this was interesting basically ray borg I actually got a comment from kevin and this earlier Borg's retirement find a job that offers health insurance i realize his son is sick he's a nice guy constantly pulling the fight it's not fair His pulling should be tolerated by the ufc this is a tough one. This is, uh, and he says, I definitely would accept a fight against him if it's offered. This is a really tough one with Ray Borg. So Ray is uh, a, a good fighter. I wouldn't say great. He has fought for the title, obviously, at 125. He's a guy that when he came to the UFC in 2014, my God, he looked amazing. I remember the fight at Dustin Ortiz. I believe that was his debut, and it was like a fantastic performance. And he lost that fight, but you could see how special this guy was with the grappling. Since then, he's obviously had kind of an up and down run in the UFC. The problem with Ray Borg is, Obviously, he's pulled out of a lot of fights, you know, and a lot of it's not his fault. Like, he's had some really bad luck. I remember he had, like, a car accident once, and obviously his son, Anthony, has had a lot of health issues. Like, the poor kid, right? You got to feel bad for the little guy, his son. And obviously, um, like anyone in the world, your family comes first, right? So him pulling out the last second, and we don't know the exact reason why, but he did post a photo of his son and said, I'm coming home to see you. You got to imagine the kid is sick again, which is obviously really sad. Um, it's a tough situation in the UFC because I think they have a soft spot for Ray Borg and they're not blaming him because his son is sick. At the same time though, Kevin, I do see your point for sure because if you're taking a fight against Ray Borg, there's a very good chance the fight's not going to happen. It's just a fact. I mean, you look at how many pulls this guy's had and again, not all of them are his fault, but you look at his UFC career. Okay, so I want to count and I, I don't want to harp on Ray Borg because again, I feel bad for this dude because of everything that's going on, but He's had this many fights. He's had 11, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Twelve fights in the UFC and he he's withdrew or his opponent. Anyways, canceled bouts is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen canceled fights. He's had more canceled fights than fights. That's not good. So yeah, it's definitely risky to take a fight with Ray Bork for sure. Um again, feel bad for the dude. Hope he's uh okay, hope his son's feeling better, but Kevin, you're right. I mean, you made a great point. You know, you take a fight against Ray Bork, you have no idea what's going to happen. So it's unfortunate because I think this fight against Morab actually would have been a really fun fight. Two guys are really good at grappling, obviously. Now Mirab's fighting Gustavo Lopez. And basically what happened was the UFC announced this fight was going to take place yesterday, 140 pounds catchweight. And then like an hour later, Kevin McLaren, who's the uh, CEO of Combatchee Americas, came out and released a statement saying that they still had this guy under contract and uh, that uh, this guy had signed with the UFC and breaking his contract. Daniel Rubinstein, who is the manager of Gustavo Lopez and a bunch of other guys like Peter Jan and a couple other guys, um, he went out there and said basically he screwed up. It was his fault. He didn't read the contract correctly and that they were right and he was talking to Kabachi. A few minutes later, he saw Cal McLaren go on Twitter and announce that they've released him. So it's a tough spot for Kabachi because um, obviously they're not doing any events right now and you can't stop a guy from making a living. But at the same time, this guy and his manager, they screwed up. And it, you know, if, if Kabachi said we're not letting this guy go i wouldn't have been too upset at them because this guy breached his contract at the same time though he did they did the right thing they let this guy go so you know it's tough for them though because this guy's been in kabashi for five years and he's their champion at bandway so they lost their champion and didn't even get to talk about it with uh with them so it, it's a rough spot for them anyways as far as this guy gustavo lopez goes he's on a three-fight win streak he's mostly fought Kabachi america he's fought once in bellator um level of competition's been pretty weak he's fought at couple guys with names like Audrey Ewell got knocked by him a couple years ago, mostly not uh, anyone good, but he does finish fights. So this is an interesting addition at 135. I think it's a good signing for this, for, uh, for the weight class for sure. But how can you not go and take Murab in this fight? I mean, Murab is an absolute beast. <laughs> I'm looking at the line, <laughs> the line opened at minus 300 yesterday. I was like, okay, that, that seems right. It's at minus a thousand now for Murab. So this other guy's plus 580. I'll tell you guys, I'm picking Mirab probably to win the decision. He could finish this guy, though, I think, maybe grounded pound or submission. Minus 1,000. I wouldn't even put this guy in a parlay, honestly. I love Mirab. He's a great fighter. He's so underrated. The wrestling is just incredible to watch. But minus 1,000 against a guy who has nothing to lose, literally nothing to lose, and who has knockout power. Like, we've seen lose. He has lost, like, you know, controversial fashion a few times, but he's lost. If Gustavo Lopez goes in there and knocks him out, I don't think it'd be the biggest upset ever, which right now it's trending towards being one of the biggest upsets ever. I don't see that being the case. I think this guy has a chance to win. Not a good chance, but a chance. My picks, Marab, DeValishvili by decision. Having said that, I wouldn't lay minus 1,000 on him. I think that's nuts. Got a couple uh, comments here, Kenshiro. Well, you 100% can't jump on Ray Bori. has to fight for his son's medical bills. It's not like he wants to pull fight and pull all the time. Agreed, but, you know, um son, again, feel bad for the guy, but 13 withdrawals and fights, uh, 13 canceled fights. His son, I don't think he's even five years old, so there's been other fights before his son was born where Ray pulled out for other reasons as well. The guy does pull out of a lot of fights, It's just a fact. Again, you gotta feel bad for him, though. In this case, again, the UFC has a soft spot for him. It's not like Ray Borg can switch draws and make does as a, as a UFC fighter, agreed with that as well. It's a tough spot, so will they cut him? No, I saw some people saying they should cut Ray Borg. I don't think so. I don't think they'll cut him. Um, the weight missing, is something that I think that they shouldn't have tolerated so much. They tolerated a lot of him with missing weights. But his son being sick is something I think the UFC can handle. But I'm with Kevin in that if you sign a contract to fight Ray Borg, you're not likely to fight Ray Borg. You're likely going to fight someone who's a replacement opponent. And that's just the facts, guys. That's just the facts because he has more canceled fights than actual fights in the UFC. Love Ray Borg. Feel bad for him. Feel bad for his kid. But he doesn't make it to the fight half the time. Or more than half the time. Marcus Williams, going on, Marcus, unless Corey Maswell rematches Nate Diaz. I think not fighting Usman would right, end up being a bad financial move. Corey beating Usman would have given Corey the most leverage to negotiate a new deal. Yeah, this is definitely an interesting one. So basically the UFC, he, Maswell's saying they're low volume, him, but from what we heard, they offered him, I think Ariel reported this, they offered him the exact contract he fought uh, Nate Diaz with. He thinks that because the Nate Diaz fight did so well on pay-per-view, he should be getting more than that, but you know, Uspin's not a huge draw. So I can see why the UFC kind of stuck to their guns here. Again, he fought uh you know, he fought what last November now he's been waiting seven months to fight. So I'm with you, uh, Marcus. He hasn't made a paycheck since November. Obviously he's got the Mezcal thing going on. So and he's got money. Maswell's not broke by any means. The guy he's definitely made a lot of money in his UFC career, especially the last few fights. But I'm kind of with you, man. You know, turning down this fight because he wanted to make more money. He's not in fight at all now. Now, Gilbert Burns goes, Gilbert Burns got a new contract. Apparently, Usman got a new contract too. That's what Ali Abdelaziz says. Ali, by the way, manages both guys. Ali is killing it right now. Look at the double title fights he has. He's got Khabib and uh, Gaethje coming up too. Ali's killing it. So he's doing great for his uh, for his clients. Um, you got to love Hori uh, Mazardal, but you got to question the move a little bit. I I respect him for sticking to his guns, Marcus. He wants to make more money, but at the same time, he's not going to make anything now. It's almost like it's better to make something than nothing. But at the same time, that's what these guys are going to bat against the UFC for now. They're basically saying they put them in a hole and say, you know, either you take this fight or you don't fight. That's what these guys are upset about. They want options. They want to have the ability to test the free market and see what they're actually worth. So it's him sticking to his guns. But at the same time, I'm kind of with you in that if Maswell went there and beat Usman, you couldn't deny him a new contract. Then again, though. You know, he's saying the UFC wouldn't even talk to him about a new deal for this fight. So there's obviously a lot going on behind the scenes with Maswell, Jones, uh, the Kawas, everyone. There's a lot going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. But for what we've seen on the surface, you know, Burns is getting an amazing opportunity that Maswell turned down. That's basically what it comes down to. Kenshiro, Borg's son is less than two years old and had a hole in his chest since he was eight months. Yeah, what the kids went through, his son's less than two. Yeah. What the, what his son is, what Anthony's went through, is terrible. I and mean, you got to feel bad. It is. It's really sad. You know, and again, I think the UFC is okay with him. I don't think they're, like, okay with it, but they understand when he has to withdraw because his son is sick. But the guy's missed weight, like, four or five times. That's the stuff that really pisses off the matchmakers more than him pulling out because of the sun is sick. So, you know, again, I don't think Ray Borg gets cut, but when you're fighting Ray Borg and he pulls out, it's got to be frustrating you're training for a guy. In this case, though, you know, to be fair, it was, like, a really short-notice fight, like, two weeks' notice. So it's not like Murab's been training for Ray Borg for three months. It is frustrating, though. Anyways, uh, let's get to some other stuff here. Got some uh, fight announcements, other ones. Uh, Abdul Razak Al-Hassan is actually making his return, guys, so that's pretty exciting. Now, (laughs) this guy obviously has had some issues with the legal system, but he was recently cleared, found not guilty, so he was obviously accused of rape, and, uh, yeah, that was pretty serious stuff. He hasn't fought since September 2018, the same night that Tyrone Woodley submitted Darren Till, was the last time Abdul Razak Zach fought. But again, he, uh, he's not guilty. So he's able to fight again. And this guy is really dangerous. He's 10 and 1 in his career. All 10 wins by Nako. He's the one loss to Omari Yakmanov. He kind of gassed out in that fight. It was three years ago. Since then, knocked out Sabah Massey twice in equal Price. The Nico Price win was super impressive. I'm really high in Nico Price. So, you know, this guy is super dangerous. He is. Uh, He's a guy that could be in the top 15, I think, if he gets fewer wins. Now, he's fighting this guy that, honestly, I don't know a lot about, Munar Lazez. It's kind of a weird matchup because Munar Lazez is a UFC newcomer, and Abdul Hassan is a guy who could be in the top 15. So Munar Lazez is, um, they call him the sniper. He's a Dubai native, so I guess that's why he's taking this fight because it's easy for him to get to. He is coming off... Back-to-back wins in his last two fights. I'll be honest, though. I don't know the guys he's fought. I'm just looking at his record, guys. I don't know anyone he's fought. He has fought a few times in Brave, so like, I, that's the only thing that I know about him. But if you look at his level opposition, not good. The guy he just beat is 10-9-1. Don't even know who this guy is. Arbor, Marathi. So, you know, I don't... Like, he does have some striking and some knockout power, as you can see from his resume. But I don't know how you could pick this guy against Abdul-Rizak Alsan, Kevin Scott, Rezax, i monster. Look at 170. He is really dangerous. Also, I missed your comment here, Kevin. MMA managers don't seem very good at their jobs compared to agents in other sports. How many fighters complain about what's in the contract their managers negotiate and agree to? It's just the nature of the business, unfortunately. Like They get pigeonholed by the UFC. It's like take it or leave it because a lot of these guys don't have the option to go and test the free agent market. Right now, no one else is signing fighters. Like, is not going to sign someone right now with all the uncertainty about the economic situation in the world. So it's a tough situation. Um, I'm with you, though, in that too long, for too long, Fighters have just taken what they get and their managers have did a really terrible job. Do you have any stories on managers I've heard over the years? I've covered the sport, I've covered it for 10 years now almost. And the amount of managers I've heard that basically didn't even do their clients any favors or they took too much money. Like some of these guys were taking, you know, 10, 20% when they don't even do anything for them. So a lot of guys actually manage themselves. Um, it's just a it's an awful awful situation. You know, as much as people say negative stuff about guys like Ali, he's getting his clients contracts they like and they're always saying nice things about him. So you know, you could say what you want about him as a person and all that, but as a manager, I mean, the guy's doing a pretty good job for his guys. So I'm with you, Kevin. The MMA management thing needs to uh, definitely be improved. Anyways, yeah, I'm with you. Brazak Galesan looks really good. The other fight that uh, was announced, Felice Perry will be taking on Burnett Janderoba at UC252. So been around. Felice has been around forever. Um, I remember seeing her on the show Fight Girls like years ago. Uh, what year was that? 2007. Wow, she's been around forever. So you got to respect Felice, man. She is a, a pioneer of women's MMA. She's been around for a long time, but, you know, she struggled in the UFC. She is 5-3, and three, so she actually does have a winning record. But, you know, coming off two straight losses, she hasn't fought since October 2018, the same night Habib beat Connor. So it's been a long time since she's fought. Her best win is probably Courtney Casey at this point. Also has a decent win over Alexa Grasso. But overall, I mean, she's shown some pretty good boxing throughout her career and some submission ability. But last two fights, she is beatable. Um she's taking on Vernon Janderoba here. Verna is coming off a win over Mallory Martin by submission in her last fight. She lost to Carlos Barger in her UFC debut. She's a former champion in Invicta. Interesting fight. Verna definitely is a pretty dangerous fighter, I think we've seen over her career. But uh, you know, Felice Harris, has got a lot of experience and crazy enough, but uh, you know, Verna's 32, so she's not that young. Felice is 35 though. So at this point, she is one of the older fighters in this division of 115. I think you got to flavor Felice a little bit. Just you got to give her that respect. But Ferner is definitely a dangerous fighter. Should be an interesting fight. Getting to a few other uh, pot pot slot matchups. I mean, who knows? But Anthony Pettis called out Anderson Silva. Would you guys watch that fight? What do you guys think? Interesting. I mean, obviously, Pettis is a guy who's fought at featherweight, lightweight, and welterweight. Uh, Silva's a guy who's fought mostly at middleweight. He's also fought at welterweight and light heavyweight throughout his career. But essentially, it's going to be. A guy who was like a tweener between lightweight and welterweight against a guy who was a middleweight. So that's the thing I don't like about this fight is that the weight class is, to me, there's too much of a weight discrepancy. Having said that, it would probably be a striking battle and it'd be kind of fun to watch. I think Pettis is great with striking and so is Silva, but both guys are flaws. They can both be finished too. It's an interesting fight. Kinshiro says, Anderson fighting anyone's is fun to watch. You know what? You got to love Anderson, man. 45 years old, still fighting. I mean, the guy's a legend. Has he had success? No. But you know what? Pettis hasn't really been that successful either. Other than that win over Steven Thompson, which, again, he was losing that fight and then knocked him out with uh, a few seconds left on the clock. And it was an incredible win, incredible knockout. But other than that, he hasn't looked that great the last few years, in my opinion. Cerrone um, fight was pretty close, I guess. He did win that fight. It wasn't like a super impressive performance. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know what? DOC does this fight. I wouldn't hate it. I just think there's other fights out there. I know that uh, Anderson, you know, he was calling out, uh, who did he call it last week? Also, also, I can't even remember who it was. Oh, Connor McGregor. Yeah, I, I already forgot about that because Connor's retired, right? So, I'd almost, I'd almost rather watch Connor against Anderson, honestly, just for the spectacle of it. But if they do Pettis for Anderson, if that headline's like a fight night card at uh, 178 pound catchweight or something, like, would anyone hate that fight? I wouldn't hate it. Just don't know if it's the right fight. Can't sure, Anderson has ten luxury cards like Tyron Woodley, so he has to fight. Needs money. Age forty-five. He's the oldest fighter in the UFC right now, man. you got to give up to him, you know. Too bad Dan Henderson's not around. That'd be an interesting rematch at this point to senior citizens. I'm just kidding. Um, Speaking of T- Stephen Thompson, I just brought him up. Stephen Thompson did an interview with Sevier MMA, and they asked him potentially about moving up to middleweight. Because right now, Stephen Thompson, he's in a really tough spot at welterweight. He's not good enough to be fighting for the belt, and he's already fought for the belt twice and, and didn't win. He had a draw and a loss to uh, Woodley, controversial or not, didn't win. And right now, he's ranked number six. He's behind so many other guys Colby, Edwards, Burns, Mazardal, even Woodley. So, he's behind five other guys. He's not going to be fighting for a belt anytime soon, but he's also 37 years old. He knows that his career's probably only got a few years left, even though he's still effective. We saw what happened against Vicente Luque in his last fight. Fight of the night won the fight. He said that he would consider moving up to Millet only to fight Israel Adesanya. And honestly, I mean, guys, that would be a great fight. Wonderboy versus Adesanya. I know that Adesanya's a bit bigger, obviously, a bit longer, a bit taller. But Woodley's incredible, or Wonderboy's an incredible striker. And you have two of the best strikers in the world going at it, and the UFC going at it. Like, that'd be a fun fight to watch. So, honestly, I'm down. But it's not going to happen anytime soon. Addison is a champ. So, you know, unless he loses his belt, it's possible. I mean, he could lose to Paul Costa at some point. I would love to see Woodley or uh, Wonderboy versus Addison. But I just don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. It is an interesting fight. It's like a dream fight that probably doesn't make sense based on titles and the rankings and stuff. And here's a funny one. Tito Ortiz says he wants to become a police officer. Obviously, I'm not going to get too political here, but I'm kind of uh, you know chewing the popcorn and reading the comments. If you guys don't want to throw them in, well, Tito Ortiz wanting to become a cop—it's pretty funny. I also saw <laughs> this guy Borchina Depot on uh, Twitter. It's so funny—he posted uh, a picture of Tito's uh, Instagram conversation, and he said, "I want to be a cop." <laughs> He's like, "Tito, you're using the picture of the pilot, not the police officer—the little emoji guy." So I thought that was so funny. Uh, you know, Tito's a legend. <laughs> You can say what you want about Tito Ortiz. And I, I agree that, you know, the guy's not probably the smartest guy in the world. But first off, he's made a ton of money, way more than I'll ever make in my lifetime. So the guy's doing something right. And second off, he's been fighting MMA for over 20 years. And even though he's not active anymore, even though he's like 45 now, he's still relevant. People still talk about Tito Ortiz all the time. You got to give it up to Tito, man. The guy's had an amazing career for a guy that's not, like, the most skilled fighter that's ever lived. He's had an amazing career, seriously. And he's still, like, making money. He's still being talked about. So, you know, you can say what you want about Tito, and this whole thing about being a cop is its pretty funny. But, man, it's crazy that in 2020, we're talking about a guy in Tito Ortiz that started fighting the UFC in, in 1987, so 23 years. Pretty crazy stuff. But if guys have any last-second questions, throw them in there, guys. I want to uh, answer anything you have to say. Just looking to see what else if I uh, missed anything. Sean O'Malley, he's out there. He talked to uh, Cole the other day, and he said that uh, he's interested in Marlon Vera. So that'd be a good fight, I think. Um, we talked about this the other day. Marlon's ranked number 15, I believe, right now. So Sean's not ranked. I think that's a perfect fight. You know, Sean, he wants Garbrandt too, but I don't think that fight's going to happen anytime soon. Kate Sugar says, I want you to retire and stay away from the camera. But he's so much fun, man. He gives us something to write about. Gabe, killing. What's going on, Gabe? Got any big plays tomorrow, Pam? Well, let's take a look at it. I haven't made any like big plays yet. I don't. I've, I'll tell you right now, Gabe. I really liked Agapova when she opened at minus one hundred and sixty. I'm not going to lie, but uh, didn't get it on. it. An, and uh, right now, it's minus three hundred and fifty. So I don't love her anymore. He says who are your live dogs? I'll tell you who's my live dog right now, Gabe. I don't know if you saw the podcast Tuesday, but since uh, got some love for you, Gabe, I'll give you my uh, my dogs I picked on Tuesday. Charles, Air, Jordan. the line's even better now. Plus 195. I think Charles Jordan is a great chance to win this fight. Andre Feely is really good. Don't get me wrong. He's awesome. I just think the line should be a lot closer. I think it should be like minus one, you know, forty, minus 150 for Andre Feely, and like plus 120, plus 130 for Jordan. So a plus, almost plus 200. You got to take a shot on Charles Jordan in this fight. He's fighting at his natural weight class. We saw how when He fought to you. He's got knockout power. Andre Feely has been finished before. Andre Philly's is more technical on the feet, I think. Um, Really good striker on your own and very experienced. But uh, I like Jordan in this fight. James says you'll be surprised Jordan wins. James is great, and I respect his opinion. But I you know, I, I didn't think Jordan would win the last fight. I'll tell you what, oh, you like him too, eh, Gabe? That's good. You know, again, not every favorite's gonna win. You look at this car, a lot of the favorites should win. You know, uh, you look at a fight have like Marab, Agapova, Aguilar, Avia, like there's some big favorites in this car. But I'm telling you right now, there's gonna be a few dogs that win. Uh, the other dog I had, Gabe, was Cynthia Calvillo, and she's only a slight dog right now, minus at minus 105. I don't know how you feel about that fight, Gabe. I uh, I don't know if you're running for Oddsbreaker anymore, Gabe. I have been following your plays on uh, on Twitter, your uh, Fight Right Money Club, I think it's called. So I know you you've been killing it, Gabe. And uh, you know a lot of love to you, man. Longtime writer MAOdsbreaker.com. Again, I'm not sure if Gabe's still with the team anymore, but uh, we all got a, love, a lot of love for Gabe there. Henshaw says best dog is Charles Rosa. Cole did pick Charles Rosa, and again, you know, that fight right now, minus 200 plus 170, it seems kind of wide. Um, I think that he's got a chance. Oh, here's Gabe's dogs. Calvillo, so I liked him. He likes Adeshev, Maynard, and Aguilera. Yeah, the Aguilera fight, that's a toss-up fight against Ivy. I mean, two guys that are making their debuts on, like, one week's notice. It's dog or pass. I picked Ivy in the podcast. I think I picked him by knockout, but Aguilera for sure has a shots. And Miner, that's an interesting one because again, you know, they have fought before. And um Griffin won the fight by stoppage, but Minor is super dangerous in that first round. And Griffin has a lot of flaws. Like, look at the last fight uh, that uh he had against TJ Brown. He was in trouble in that fight a lot. Ended up getting the win, but it wasn't easy to do. So I think he's got a chance. But yeah, officially, officially I'm picking two dogs, Calvillo and Jordan, but you know. It's hard to go perfect on cards. I've only been perfect once in the last December in the over Rosenstruck card. That's the only time I've ever been perfect on cards. It's very hard to go a perfect 12-0 or whatever it is. Very difficult. So I expect another dog to win, game, and definitely could be some of the guys you picked. Gabe says he's still with MEOB having me writing. Well, I'd love to see you writing it, man, because I really liked uh, writing your article, reading your articles. Um, I missed this by Kevin. How is Canada looking at COVID starting to open up? Yeah, I'm following it every day, man. So basically, like there's still people testing positive in Ontario where I live. Uh, 200 people tested positive, I think, yesterday. So it's, it's going down. It was like 400 a day for a while. Now it's down to 200. That's good. Th- things are s- slightly opening up, but not crazy. Like, we're in, there's like three stages. We're still in stage one. Parts of the province are in stage two now, but I think we're getting to stage two. But it's, it's tough, man. Uh, you know, it's tough, guys. It really is. Um, I miss, like, you know, hanging out with my friends. Like, I have been a little bit, but not really because – I'm trying to respect social distancing rules and like I haven't been going to out too much. You know, I've spent a lot of time just honestly reading and writing about MMA the last few months and a lot of video games and stuff and a lot of movies. But I am I really miss like, you know, playing sports. Like I haven't been able to play any sports all summer, you know, bowling, softball. These are things I really enjoy doing. I can't do them. So it sucks. Bars and restaurants are not open yet. Uh, you know, takeout. Obviously, I've been eating too much takeout, honestly. But I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only person. But yeah, it's been uh, it's been a couple tough months. I don't know where you are, Kevin. You can tell me. I can't remember where you are in the world, but uh, yeah, it's it's opening up slowly but surely. Um, but hopefully, in the next you know couple of months. I, I hope by September things cleared up. But I'm I don't know. I don't know. I'll say this though. I'm really happy to get to watch UFC, man. It's pretty sweet. You know, the one sport that's still around right now, and there's not too much haggling with the uh, unions and stuff. Gabe says Robertson will win if the state's standing. He's got a chance to win too. I was thinking about that. Like everyone's picking Vittori, and I'm going to pick him decision, but I think it's going to be a much closer fight than a lot of people think. Kichiro, you need a lot of luck to, you to get perfect card. I agree with that. I mean, the one that I did get perfect, there was a draw with uh, Yadong and, and Steeman, which a lot of people thought was a bad decision. So it's very difficult. Kevin says he's in New Jersey. Okay, Kevin. So how's it going there? I know you guys, New Jersey, New York, had a lot of cases a few months ago, hopefully it's clearing up a bit, but I know that with such a high population density that it's probably pretty bad, can Phil Cuomo is a way overreaction reaction to governments to everyone locking down those elections because even one death can lead to election loss. It's definitely political, man. There's a lot of this stuff is political. Like uh, it's it's pretty crazy what's going on. Um, but uh, I'm with you I, you know, at this point, it's like it, the projections never got matched with the amount of deaths there has been, but maybe that's because they put all these, rules in place with social distancing and this thing and stuff like hopefully Sweden and Denmark never close their doors in death or in lower other EU countries yeah that's definitely a case study I mean when this is all over and done with like hopefully we'll look back on this and and scientists will do studies and research will, will study it and see like what could have been done to to do some, something differently but right now you know it definitely looks like you know some places overreacted to the way that they locked it down but at the same time you know better safe than story but uh Dude, I miss baseball. Like, I, I love going to the game, man. I love going to the Jays game. I can't do that. I can't play myself. I play in the summer, right? So it's it's terrible. Um, NBA, NHL, these things are coming back. But, you know, the NHL is still, like, I think two months away. These, these leagues are starting at the end of July, August. So they're still, like, almost two months away. It sucks, but at least there's a plan coming now. You guys have any more questions for them in there? I'm gonna answer them. Uh Kinshira says he hasn't worn a mask in two months. You know, man, that's good. But I mean, a lot of people are obviously a little bit more worried than yourself, um, which is fair. But uh, you know, I'm glad that you are not sick. I'm glad I I have I haven't been sick, but my uncle got sick. My uncle did have coronavirus, so it has affected my family. Thankfully, he's negative. He was negative I think, two weeks after he tested positive. So he um was quarantined and isolated. I didn't see him. So I wasn't even in close contact with him whatsoever, but uh, it has affected my family. So thankfully he's okay, but you no, know, it's a real thing. I mean, straight up. So, you um, know, uh, he's saying that the protesters got infected. We don't, well, so far, but we'll see what happens again. I don't want to get too political, man. I really, we're here to talk about MMA, right? Like, love talking about, but of course we can't ignore what's going on in the wider world. Um, guys, have any last second questions to him in right now? I'm just looking through the news, see what else I'm missing here. I see Eduardo Dantes, former training partner of Yon and Aldo, is he says he's seen Aldo and well, Yon yeah, training together. He's picking Aldo, but you know, he's pretty biased, I think, because he's Aldo's like good buddy at Novigno. Uh, where by the way, you know Andre Pettiner is the coach, that got coronavirus, so it's a very real thing. Francis Ngannou posted something cool on his Instagram, uh, some old photos from like 2012, 2013, where he uh, said he was in jail after an illegal entry into Europe. You gotta check that out. It's pretty crazy, man. It's amazing what he's did in his career. He's such a great fighter. I love Francis Garno. Can't wait to see him fight again. He better fight the winner, Stipe and DC. You know, if DC wins or and yeah, and he retires, let him fight Stipe for the vacant title. I'm fine with that. Or hell, just say DC wins. You could do John Jones versus Ngannou for the vacant belt. You know, if the UFC wants to open up their wallets, which right now they don't. But I'm sure, would you pay for UFC 251? Uh, right now, it looks like a great car. I think it's definitely you know worth the money. Uh, again, I think you can do different fights possibly, but I think that right now it looks pretty good. I usually I pay reviews that three title fights I, for sure. I was at the last one uh, in Vegas with the three title fights: Volkanovski and Holloway, Usman and Covington, and Nunez and duranmi so you gotta love when it's three title fights it happens like what once a year, maybe twice a year. It's very rare. Um, again, with twelve belts, like it's gonna happen now a little bit more than it used to happen back in the old days, but. Anytime that you have three belts on the line, I mean, that's a big card, right? Again, I think you could have did different fights here. You could have did Usman versus Masvidal. You could have did Volkhodovsky against Korean Zombie or something. And you could have did Yan versus Sterling. But to me, it's like we're still getting three title fights. And honestly, this card is great. Again, I just don't think Rebus should be in the main card uh, and Van Zandt should be in the main card. That's all. I think the rest of the card's is great. Okay, sure, I think if Pei a at eight fights, not five, you see the it, Pei Rebys double. Possibly, but again, they have to meet their ESPN deal. So, the ESPN they make a lot of money from ESPN, probably more than the pay per view money. So, um, they gotta you know put some good fights on there. Just seeing if I missed anything else, I think I've got everything, guys. I mean, if there's anything else you want to throw in there, um, go ahead, see if there's any other. There's some other. actually some other odds that pop up this week. This is one I do want to talk about quickly. I don't know why this popped up, but a rematch between John Jones and Ryan Bader, the odds have been released for that fight. And John Jones, is 275, Ryan Bader plus 200. I love Ryan Bader. He's great. He's looked amazing in Bellator, but he's looked amazing in Bellator. It's a lot different than UFC. And Ryan Bader had a good run in the UFC. I think he was like 13-5, and five, if I'm not mistaken. He had a really good run, but we saw what happened. These guys fought 10 years ago. I don't think anything would happen differently now. I think Jones would win that fight. Anyways, I think that's it, guys. I've got like 50 minutes. My, my voice is going to go. Okay, Shiro, good job, Dave. I appreciate it, man. Thanks. And you know what, guys? You're, you guys are the ones I should say good job to. I, I really appreciate you guys jumping in. Join me talk about MMA. I know, you know, kind of early in the morning, but I love talking about the sport with you guys, and I really appreciate the questions. All right, so let me plug some stuff here and get out of here. All right, Twitter, at MMA Martin, right at the bottom of the screen there. You guys can follow me there, and then I'm at uh, maoddsbreaker.com, bjpan.com, Rings.net. Oddsbreaker, you go check there uh, for the staff picks tomorrow. They'll be released, and then as well – I got uh, opening odds and main event breakdown further detail. Of course, Tuesday, myself and Cole broke down this entire card. Ivers Calvillo, So go back and check that out. BJPan.com always got the news there. Definitely, uh, you know, I think we have one of the better news websites right now going on. So definitely check it out. And ma rings.net, I just sent in a few articles, actually. So they'll be posted in the next few days. Got one on Jones in the UFC. Got one on Fight Island. I got one on Burns getting the title shot over Mazadol. Definitely just go and check all that stuff out. And the last comment here from Ken because I love you. John Jones will never go to Bellator. No one can afford Jones inside the UFC. And once Jones gets his 10 million fight gallon, Jones won't care anymore. Jones is not going to Bellator. The UFC would never let him go. They would never let him go. Even if he went to court, they wouldn't let him go. He's not going. He's not going to Bellator. I bet any money on it. Jones will fight in the UFC for the rest of his career until uh, he retires. And uh, I think he's going to be a guy that probably hangs up on a win streak like GSP or something like that because I don't see him going on a loss. All right, guys, that's it. For today, I really appreciate it. We'll be back uh, Tuesday, breaking down the next card, which is Volkov and Blades, and recapping this weekend's card. Have an amazing weekend, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.